Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Tuesday, the 24th of October. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, 800-747-3733. If you're involved in any kind of an accident, take back control of your life. Car accident, trucking accident, ride share, bicycle, slip and fall. Wrongful death, hurricane claims, Anna Jar and Levine, accident attorneys, 800-747-FREE, 800-747-3733. Got a fun show planned for you guys today. Week 7 of the NFL is in the books. We're going to obviously talk about Monday Night Football from last night. We will start looking ahead toward the Dolphins this weekend. We got... Major League Baseball playoffs last night. You had a Game 7 last night. You got a Game 7 today. You got the Panthers back in action. The Miami Heat 
your favorite little basketball team. They open up their season tomorrow. Jason Jackson, radio voice of your Miami Heat. He's going to join the show today. So we'll talk to Jax. I haven't spoken to him in a while. That will be fun. Today is Tuesday, which means we got Twitter Jam. So, and, and of course, we got to update our Zaslow Show 2.0 power rankings as week seven in the NFL is done. First, though, there's so much happening. We got the football. We got Major League Baseball League Championship Series. And Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info. Up to the minute stats, news, scores, matchup breakdowns. We got the National League Game 7 tonight. Everything you need to stay up to speed on your League Championship Series all the way through the World Series. And of course, with the NFL and college football, you can get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds. Head to the BetOnline website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and you're going to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, let's begin with Monday Night Football. Last night, the the Vikings, this was a weird week, right? In the NFL. And I guess it made sense that it was all capped off, you know, between the the, the Lions getting smoked by the Ravens, the Dolphins and, and Eagles on Sunday night where the Dolphin offense was not any good. You got the Patriots who wind up beating the Bills in the fashion they did. Uh, I guess it makes sense that kind of a weird week was capped off with the Vikings winning last night. So the 49ers now have lost two in a row. They dropped a 5-2. and two. By the way, uh, anyone calling the 49ers a fraud or is that just a Miami thing? Okay, we'll get to that. The Vikings win 22-17 last night. They're now 3-4. Niners dropped a 5-2. You had Christian McCaffrey with a couple touchdowns. I know the fantasy football player, you're wondering, is he going to play? He did. He came up huge. Kirk Cousins, who I think going into last night was 2-10 in primetime games. He was awesome last night. Cousins was 35 for 45, 378, two touchdowns, and a weird interception early in the game where the ball was essentially ripped out of the hands of, I think it was Jordan Addison. So he was awesome all game long. Addison was great. Hawkinson, they couldn't do anything about him. He had 11 catches. And Brock Purdy threw a couple of interceptions, a couple bad interceptions. I mean, maybe, excuse me, one of them may have been on the receiver. You're not quite sure if the route was run wrong or whatever, but it looked like two Bad interceptions. I was very impressed with the Vikings last night. Very impressed with Kirk Cousins. So they probably feel like they're back in the thick of things here. They're three and four. And with a lot of season left, maybe they're not going to be sellers come trade deadline. And in a couple weeks, they're hoping to get Justin Jefferson back. The Niners, on the other hand, they lose a game there that you feel like, man, if we don't get the number one seed at the end of the year, that could be a game we look back at and like, man, that's one that costs us there. So, Monday Night Football last night wrap, wraps up Week 7 as far as the NFL goes. The Dolphins this week, of course, they have the Patriots. But here's, here's where I want to start as far as the Dolphins go. All right. So, let's, let's go to yesterday. Yesterday, Kay Adams, she's got the Up and Adams podcast, right? Uh, formerly Good Morning Football Kay Adams. She had Taylor Lewan, all-time dirty offensive lineman. She had Taylor Lewan on the show yesterday. And like I said, so 
Here's Taylor Lewan on Up at Adams. And like I said yesterday, the Dolphin haters were going to have a field day and no better example of this. As far as Miami, I'm not – I love Tyreek Hill. I love those boys. And I, and I know this is not going to be received very well, but I do think we're on a fraud alert type of situation. Uh-oh. They lose to the Bills. They lose to the Eagles, two top teams. Not really the Bills. The Bills, we got to talk about them too. But two teams that are perceived as one of the best teams in the league. And they really, the teams are destroying and beating and putting these numbers up on are teams that, you know, like the Broncos. They're 70 they're 20 type games. And it's like, oh, they're, they're them. And I fell for it too. I bet them the next week when I think they played the Bills. And I was like, no, nope, well, got bonked on that one. And then Philly, same thing. I bet on the Miami again. And they just didn't do it for me. So, I, I don't think Miami's in the conversation uh, the way the Ravens should be now, the, mm-hmm. the way the Chiefs are. I, I just think it's they had to prove a little bit more right now. They have a hell of an offense, but the defense has got to show up too. All right, so let's have an honest conversation here. First of all, like I said yesterday, if, if, if I walk into a court and I walk into a courtroom and someone is making the case that the Dolphins – have not, they're phony, they're a fraud, they haven't beaten anyone good, and I try and make the case in the Dolphins' favor. I'm going to lose that case. I don't have the evidence in front of me. The five wins the Dolphins have are against shit teams. The two losses the Dolphins have are against the only good teams that they have faced, and they have lost by double digits in both of them. If someone is making the case against me that the Dolphins are phony, they haven't beaten anyone good yet, I'm going to lose that case. I will lose that battle. I don't have the evidence in front of me. Yesterday was going to be a field day for the Dolphin haters. And that's the part that's frustrating because I feel like I know who this Dolphin team is. I know they're really good. But the fact of the matter is they have had two opportunities now. They got another opportunity coming up in two weeks against Kansas City and Germany. You lose that, you're 0-3 in those chances. The Dolphins have had two opportunities to show everybody they can hang with the big boys. And they have shown they're not ready for that yet. Now, maybe part of why they're not ready for that is they're banged up. They're going to get guys back. Big pieces back. Howard and Ramsey, most notably. But right now, they haven't shown that they can hang with the big boys. So yesterday was a huge day for the Dolphin haters. Now, let's get to Taylor Lewan, all right? So, the part that I have a problem with, yes, He's saying there how the Dolphins, they're phony, they're fugazi, they haven't beaten anyone good. By the way, you want to talk about, all right, they put up 70 points against the Broncos, terrible team. Has anyone else scored 70 on the Broncos? Has anyone else done that? I mean, this weekend, the Packers scored 17 on the Broncos. Has anyone else scored 70 on the shitty Broncos? Broncos are definitely shitty. Has anyone else scored 70? Okay, all right. But here's the part that bothers me. You want to say the Dolphins are phony or you want to say the Dolphins are frauds because they haven't beaten anyone good yet. They're 0 for 2 in those chances. The 49ers last night, they got tripped up by a bad team. Vikings are bad. They got tripped up by a bad team. This has not happened to the Dolphins. I do think it's important to point that out where if you're going to be a great team, you don't get tripped up by the shitty teams. You don't lose the teams you, you should be beating. You want to beat some of the really good teams as well. But 
you better not lose to any of the shitburger teams. And the Dolphins have not lost to any shitburger teams. Matter of fact, they've kicked the shit out of all the shitburger teams they have faced. So let me ask you something. While I believe there is no shame in losing in Buffalo, there is no shame in losing in Philadelphia, which is worse? Are the Dolphins a fraud? You want to make that case? Okay. But why aren't we making a case for the 49ers being a fraud? Because which is worse? Losing in Buffalo, losing in Philadelphia, or losing at the Jets and losing at the Vikings. I'm sorry, not the Jets, the Browns. Losing at the Browns, it was the Eagles that lost to the Jets. Which is worse? If you're the Dolphins and you lose in Buffalo and in Philadelphia, or is it worse if you're the 49ers and you lose in Cleveland and you lose in Minnesota? Like, are you a fraud if you lose to the good teams? Or are you a fraud if you lose to the bad teams? Isn't it less embarrassing embarrassing to lose to the really good teams than to lose to the really bad teams? How is it somehow worse to lose at teams that are considered Super Bowl favorites? How are you a fraud if you lose at Super Bowl contenders compared to losing at teams that are going to miss the playoffs? The Dolphins lost to the Bills, and yes, the Bills' record right now is 4-3, and three, but we all know the Bills are a Super Bowl contender, and the Bills were a one-loss team when the Dolphins lost them early in the season, and the Dolphins lost to a one-win Eagles team that we all know is a Super Bowl contender and the defending NFC champions. The 49ers lost to a Browns team that was under 500 with their back, with P.J. Walker, with their backup quarterback. And this week, the Niners lost at the Vikings, who were two games under 500. So the Dolphins' two losses this year are against two of the elite teams, Super Bowl contenders in the NFL. The 49ers' two losses are against either teams that are shit or were under 500 with their backup quarterback starting in Cleveland. So why aren't we talking about the 49ers? are obviously a fraud. Somehow it's worse to lose on the road to Super Bowl contenders than to lose on the road to shitburger teams? Can somebody explain that logic to me? So that's the part I have a problem with. Like I said, if I go into a court of law and I'm trying to make a case that the Dolphins, they're really good, they can beat the good teams. And someone's making a case, yeah, well, they haven't. I'm going to lose that case. But if the Dolphins are a fraud, why aren't the 49ers a fraud? I would think losing to bad teams is worse than losing to great teams. Especially when we're talking about on the road. Because all the bad teams the Dolphins have faced so far, they beat the shit out of them. And that's usually the sign of a good team beat all of a really good team, beat all the teams that you should beat, let alone kick their ass, and win some of the games against the great teams. You're not going to win every game. 
Can you win some of the games against the great teams? Beat all the teams you're supposed to and maybe split the games against the great teams. Well, right now the Dolphins are 0-2 against the great teams. They're going to have another opportunity in a couple weeks when they're facing Kansas City. Then down the road, I mean, you know, is Dallas great? But beating Dallas would be a good win. That's in week 16. Then they're at Baltimore week 17. And then they'll be home against Buffalo in week 18. So they're 0-2 so far against really good teams. And they have essentially four more chances. If the Dolphins go, let's, let's, I mean, can you go two and two in those four more chances? So then overall, against the good team, the really good teams, the Dolphins would be two and four on the year. Well, guess what? If you beat, if you win all the other games, if you beat all of the bad teams, if you're two and four against the really good teams, and you're 11 and 0 against the really bad teams, this Dolphins team's worth 13 games this year, and they're probably going to be the number one seed. Depends what happens with that Kansas City game, because you could be in a tiebreaker scenario. But I feel like if the Dolphins can win a couple of those games, these four games against really good teams that are still left, Kansas City and Germany, home to Dallas, at Baltimore, home to Buffalo. If you could win two of those four games, and you continue to avoid getting tripped up against the bad teams, you're going to win 13 games. And we're still going to talk about the Dolphins being a fraud. I mean, look at the rest of the Dolphins' schedule. New England at home this weekend. After the Germany game, and you get a bye. At home against Vegas. At the Jets. At Washington. Home against Tennessee. Home against the Jets. And then you got those three really tough games, like I mentioned, to finish. Dallas at Baltimore. Buffalo. If you're beating all of the teams you're supposed to, and you win two or three of the games against the really good teams, your team's pretty good. Now, the Dolphins right now are 0-2 in those games. You got four more chances against great teams. But I do think it's important to point out, if you're a really good team, you don't get tripped up in the games you're supposed to win. And not only do the Dolphins not get tripped up in those, they're beating the shit out of those teams. Last night, the 49ers again got tripped up by a team they're supposed to beat. Why aren't they Fugazi? Dolphins lost to two Super Bowl contenders. 49ers lost to two teams that are probably going to miss the playoffs. The Dolphins are the frauds? And I don't want to make this about Dolphins versus 49ers. I'm making it about the coverage and the people who are talking shit about the Dolphins. That's what it's about. That's the part that's frustrating to me. So, look, ultimately, go out there and win the games, right? And then no one can talk, no one can say anything about it. But, like that stuff right there with Taylor Lewan talking about the Dolphins being phony. What about the Niners? Now, that clip was from yesterday yesterday morning or afternoon. Is Taylor Lewan, by the way, like dirtiest offensive lineman ever, is Taylor Lewan making the rounds today calling the 49ers Fugazi? Maybe. If so, uh, my bust. I'll take it back. But I doubt we're hearing anyone else talk about the 49ers being a fraud the way that we're hearing the Dolphins are a fraud. By the way, the Dolphins are going to be featured on the in-season edition of Hard Knocks. That's cool. I'm looking I'm looking for I I like the idea of the in-season Hard Knocks better than the one that they've always done. I and I know they've done it for a few years in a row now. I I like the in-season and that's cool that it'll be the Dolphins. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Speaking of Dolphins, huge Dolphin fan obviously. 
Greg Brunt, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, the only place that I get my homeowner's insurance from. I've been with Brunt Insurance for my homeowner's insurance for about 10 years now. So that's why I want to make sure you guys out there, you're getting the coverage, the same type of coverage I'm getting at the most affordable rate. Homeowner's insurance is so important. It's your home. God forbid something happens. You want to have the peace of mind that you're going to be covered. And when you call Brunt Insurance at 954 589 2204 or go to bruntinsurance.com you're making the right call because wherever you're calling from in the state of Florida Greg Brunt and his fully licensed staff they know your area they know exactly what you need they have offices all throughout the state of Florida so whether you're calling from Pensacola or all the way down to the Keys they're going to have you covered they know what type of coverage you need their agents at Brunt Insurance specialize in finding the perfect policy for you and They're going to educate you on all your options. They're going to make sure you know the ins and outs of your policy. And when it comes to your home, also renter's insurance, condo insurance, there's so many options out there. Let Greg Brunt and the fully licensed staff at Brunt Insurance help you every step of the way. They specialize in making all these confusing options crystal clear. 954-589-2204. Bruntinsurance.com. Also, if you're looking for automobile, motorcycle, boaters insurance, I get my homeowner's insurance from them, but they got you covered with whatever you're looking for. 954-589-2204. Bruntinsurance.com. Let's get to our week eight Zaslow Show 2.0 Power Rankings. Everybody knows I love a good power ranking. I do top five every week. Let's get after it. So, Heading into week eight now, number five. We, we count from five to one for dramatic purposes. Number five, Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins have dropped to fifth in the power rankings. They dropped three spots from last week. I told you, I didn't want to put them at number one until they get one of these huge wins. I'm glad I didn't. With the Dolphins losing in Philadelphia, they dropped three spots. They're in jeopardy of falling out of the power rankings. So they dropped to number five. Number four, and making their first appearance in the Zaslow Show 2.0 Power Rankings, the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens, a, a huge win, 38-6 over Detroit. They kicked the snot out of Dan Campbell's Lions. Baltimore, previously not ranked, they are number four in the Zaslow Show 2.0 Power Rankings. Number three, up two spots from last week, the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs, I'd been saying... I don't feel this aura around the Chiefs that I have in years past. I thought this was a really good win for the Chiefs. A two-touchdown win against the Chargers. Yeah, Herbert. You want to talk about a fraud, Justin Herbert. The Chargers, they're not very good. But I thought that was a very impressive win for Kansas City. They're up two spots. The Chiefs are number three in the Zaslow Show 2.0 Power Rankings. Number two, down a spot. The San Francisco 49ers. The Niners lose in Minnesota last night. They've lost back-to-back games. Even after losing last week in Cleveland, I still had them number one in the power rankings. Finally, they have been dropped off that top perch. San Francisco is number two, and that means number one for the first time this year in the Zaslow Show 2.0 power rankings, the Philadelphia Eagles. That's a big-time statement win for the Eagles. It is. They, They really dominated the game. The Dolphins had chances. They were in it in the fourth quarter, but Philadelphia was the much better team on Sunday night. They jump up two spots. They are number one. So here are the power rankings heading into week eight. Number five, Miami. 
Number four, Baltimore. Number three, Kansas City. Number two, San Francisco. And number one, the Philadelphia Eagles, according to Zaslow Show 2.0, are the number one team in the NFL right now. Now, biggest winner of the week for me, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought the Steelers were a major winner this week. A real good win at the Los Angeles Rams. Very, very pro-Steeler crowd. No team travels better than the Pittsburgh Steeler fan. Pittsburgh is 4-2. and two. They're a half game back of Baltimore, but they do have the tiebreaker right now, currently over the Ravens. I thought that was a major win for the Steelers. To me, they were a big winner in Week 7. And to me, the biggest loser in Week 7, Buffalo Bills. I mean, the, the Patriots suck balls, and Buffalo... They were down double figures most of the game of the Patriots. They wind up blowing it at the very end of the game. And considering that Miami would go on to lose Sunday night, Buffalo had a chance to take back the top spot in the AFC East. Instead, they lose. They are now 4-3. and three. The Buffalo Bills, to me, were the biggest loser of the weekend, Week 7, in the NFL. So there you go right there. That's power rankings and our biggest winner and loser going into the weekend. So the NBA gets going tonight. We got a pair of games. We have Jason Jackson coming on in a few minutes. We'll do some heat basketball with him. We'll get everybody ready and excited. Because I feel feel like there's a lot of the fan base right now, and it's unfortunate. I feel like there's a lot of the fan base right now that is going into this season with the wrong attitude. Like, a lot of negativity. And and we're going to get to this in Twitter Jam in a second here because... You know, the last couple days, Bradley Beal has talked, Damian Lillard has talked, and there's a lot of attention on the Heat not getting things done. Like, we're, we're rehashing that. And that's fair. Like, I understand the Heat fan. You, you, we love making big splashes for a team for Pat Riley, whose MO has always been making a big splash when they haven't been able to make those big splashes over the last couple years. You're allowed to be upset. I get it. But I think that a lot of us are going into this season with a super negative attitude, and I'm just excited to see my team again. They just won the Eastern Conference Championship for the second time in four years. We know they're going to be good. We know they're going to get to the playoffs and can beat anybody. I love that the NBA's back. I just, I guess I, I refuse to go into the season not excited about my favorite team. So I, I, I feel like there's, I feel like a lot of us, or a lot of you guys, I don't know, have, like, you're going in with the wrong attitude, man. And, yeah, like I, I, like I said, I understand being disappointed that they couldn't acquire certain guys. But, eventually you gotta move past it and enjoy your team, right? Otherwise, what are you doing? Alright, you know what? Let Tonight, NBA gets going doubleheader, the second half of doubleheader, Suns Warriors. You already got Bradley Beal, who's on the bullshit. He's not playing tonight. They're being cautious. With his back. Already with the bullshit. Draymond Green, he's not playing either. Already with the bullshit. And the game before it, Nuggets-Lakers. Nuggets championship banner-raising ceremony. The rings, the whole deal. Lakers talking lots of shit. A lot of juice in that game. I am very into that game. But guys, let's get to this week's edition of Twitter Jam. So Twitter Jam, every week we go over some of the hot stories or, you know, hot topics. And we see what Twitter is saying about them. So... Let's get things started here. The Dunk Central, that's NBA Central on Twitter, they tweet out, and this is from The Athletic, they tweet out, Damian Lillard says the Blazers went against everything he wanted. Quote, 
It was anything to go against what I would have wanted. That part was irritating. Just based off how it was happening, I knew it wouldn't be Miami. The Blazers hadn't talked to Miami. So once it started happening like that, then I started hearing about all these other random teams. I was like, I'm probably not going to Miami. So I wasn't holding on to that too much. So again, that's an example of what were the Heats supposed to do in that spot? Yes, they missed out on Lillard. But like, how is it the Heat's fault? You're complaining about the Heat not landing Lillard. And Beal too, we'll get to that in a second. But the Heat's plan worked. The main reason they didn't go after Beal, or at least one of the main reasons was they felt Damian Lillard was going to become available. And the difference to them between Beal and Lillard was worth risking not acquiring Bradley Beal. Which, I agree. And their plan worked where, yeah, Lillard became available and he demanded to go to the Heat. How is it Pat Riley, and more specifically Mickey Harrison, who everyone out there is calling a cheap bastard, how is it the Heat's fault that Joe Cronin, the general manager of the Blazers, is a cockroach? How's that the Heat's fault? All right, we continue on. This tweet is from Vice City Alerts. They love Heat Nation, clearly. And this is from Bradley Beal, from Bradley Beal's sit-down with Mark J. Spears. So my initial favorite was Miami. And so we call Miami. Pat says, well, I'll go talk to Mickey and figure it out. I'm like, okay, what's Miami doing? Dragging feet. And eventually it came to a point to where Miami said they just can't do it. And that kind of was like a gut punch. I was like, dang, that was my spot. But it was eye-opener for sure. And that's why I said I went into everything kind of open-minded and with an open slate. And out of nowhere comes a dark horse in Phoenix, and their aggressiveness pushed me over the top. So yeah, the Heat fans sees that. They're like, all right, Phoenix was aggressive. They wanted Beal, and they got him. Well, the Heat's plan was Lillard. The Heat, if they were to make the Beal deal, they never would have been in on Lillard. It's easy to look back now, because they were actually never in on Lillard, even though their line of thinking was the correct strategy. Lillard became available. He wanted Miami. Joe Cronin is a cockroach. But here's the thing with Bradley Beal. I'm sorry. To me, it's more of a lateral move. Everything the Heat likely would have had to give up for Beal, and I understand he has a no-trade clause, so you wouldn't have had to give up all of what Bradley Beal was worth. Like, the Heat would have had the negotiating power there, but you're probably giving up Hero, especially because you need to make the salaries match somehow. And giving up a bunch of assets to get Beal over Hero, to me, I yes, Beal is better than Hero, but is he that much better that you're giving up all of your assets? And I don't know that he is. Barry Jackson, Florida Sports Buzz, he tweets out, tough day for the Heat on national TV today amid Beal comments. Kendrick Perkins says the Heat should, quote, throw up about Beal, Lillard, and Holiday Here's Kendrick Perkins from yesterday. Well, I love the fit in Phoenix, but every time <laughs> Pat Riley and the Miami Heat hear the names Damian Lillard, Drew Holiday, and Bradley Bill, they should throw up because they <laughs> dropped the ball and probably could have had the opportunity to get either one of those guys. Either one of those guys would absolutely put them over the hump or put them right back in contention. And so with them sitting still in Milwaukee and Boston getting stronger, 
Like, I don't know where they go from there, but they had an opportunity. Like, guys wanted to go to Miami. Bradley Bill wanted to go to Miami. He just said that with my brother Mark Spears. Damian Lillard wanted to go to Miami. Like, and all of a sudden, Drew Holiday could have fell in their lap. And now they left with not one of them? Mm. That's crazy. Again, what are they supposed to do that Joe Conan is a cockroach? Should they have gotten Beal? Debatable. But I think it was worth passing on Beal to get Lillard. And it was right there, and there was no reason to believe that the Blazers GM was going to be a total asshole. Ira Winderman tweets out, Heat today, on the record, confirm that the reason no move was made for Bradley Beal on the trade market this offseason was because of concern about his no-trade clause. That comes in wake of ESPN report of Beal surprise of no Heat pursuit. All right. I got to tell you, I'm totally good with the Heat's line of thinking there. Totally good with it. I have zero issue with the Heat passing on Beal because they're afraid of the no-trade clause. No-trade clauses are awful. I hate no-trade clauses. Teams should never give out no-trade clauses because you see what happened with Beal where he can limit what Washington gets in return by being in total control. And if we get to a situation in a couple years from now where I don't like Steph Curry becomes available and only wants to go to Miami and Golden State is willing to do it, but they want Bradley Beal in return. Well, Bradley Beal could just say no. And now the Heat are screwed. I have zero issue with the Heat passing on Beal. I totally agree with the Heat's line of thinking regarding Beal and his no trade clause. Totally agree. Heat Nation tweets out, honestly, I understand Miami's reason for not trading for Beal. No trade clause and getting paid $57 million in 2027. Imagine, like, if we get to a place in a few years now, because Jimmy Butler's going to make the same thing, the Heat can trade him. The Heat would not be able to trade Bradley Beal in that spot. I have no issue with what the Heat did or didn't do. Uh, All right, our guy Drew, Drew underscore star. Great aggregator, great Heat fan. He tweets out a clip from Stephen A. Smith on whether or not the Heat should pursue James Harden. That up you want James Harden on your team no, now? No, no. Me personally, it depends on the team. Okay. I would say to you, Miami don't want him because Miami ain't trying to deal with that nonsense. Right. My attitude is we all know that when it comes to South Beach, Pat Riley runs that show. Mm-hmm. There are yes. no questions. And if you have that level of stability – I think he would be worth the chance because of the structure that I have in place. But if there's any question about the structure, if there's any questions about who's running the show, all right, and who's making the decisions, if anything like that comes into play, I'm not trusting James Harden because he can switch gears on me and want out. Worth that headache. Worth it. Still talented enough to be worth that headache right now. He's an all-star. He's not the superstar scoring machine he once was. He talked himself out of a max deal with Houston. They weren't going to give it to him anyway, but he went to Houston, meet with Houston, talk about he wanted to return to being that scoring champion, etc., etc. And Ime Udoka was like, nah, we don't want that here. Mm. We we, we build something different. Clippers would be a nice pickup for him. Miami would. But you got to get. I his told head. you the only way that I'm interested in Harden, and I'm not. The only way I'm interested in Harden, if it means moving off of Kyle Lowry, I I would make almost any trade to get rid of Kyle Lowry. I would take on Harden to move off of Lowry. But there is no way that the Sixers are going to be interested in that. So it, it's I I don't see how that's possible. All right, continuing on here. So this is from. Michael Pina, 
He writes for The Ringer. He previewed the NBA season by making 20 increasingly bold predictions. And in that bold prediction category for Miami, the Sixers and Heat will make a trade that changes everything. Quote, the Heat get Joel Embiid. Philadelphia gets Bam Adebayo. Duncan Robinson. Two unprotected firsts and a future pick swap. This prediction is at the end of an increasingly bold predictions column for a reason. And since there's a near zero chance it will happen before the deadline, we're proposing it based on the fact that this season technically does not end until July 1, 2024. It involves two teams that aspire to win it all in a conference that at the moment feels owned by two rivals that made foundation-altering upgrades over the summer. Yeah, there is... I mean, I wouldn't... I wouldn't even want to win that way. I I don't want to win by giving up Bam. I don't want to win by giving up Butler. I want to win with those guys. I I would not give up Bam in a trade for Embiid. I know a lot of you hear that. You think it's crazy? That's just not the way that I want to win. I want to win with Bam and with Jimmy. I want to add to those guys. Anthony Chang, he covers the heat for the Miami Herald. And he tweets out, as the fifth season of the Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero era begins. Pat Riley says it's time for the Heat to, quote, get to the other side. When you come to the abyss, you got to get to the other side. So that's, that's the new Riley buzzword, is they're in the abyss. And finally here, this is from Keith Pompey. He covers the Sixers, I believe, for the Inquirer. Uh, yes, for the Philly Inquirer. And in his article, Where Will James Harden Land?, it says, assuming the Harden saga drags out, the Chicago Bulls and Miami Heat could be intriguing trade targets for the Sixers. Miami is a contending team that could be part of a three-way trade. Meanwhile, Chicago could end up retooling the roster if it fails to meet expectations. In that scenario, we'll find out whether the Bulls are willing to shed a lucrative long-term contract in exchange for Harden's expiring $35.6 million deal. They could be amenable to a three-team trade. And that right there is another edition of Twitter Jam. All right, so we're very pumped up, obviously. Basketball season is upon us. The NBA is finally back. The Heat open up their season tomorrow at home. Detroit Pistons, all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0, brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba, European roots with that Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. How are you going to enjoy your NBA action tonight? You got the whole ring ceremony, the banner, that whole deal. Nuggets, Lakers, you're sitting on your couch like I am in the Zaslow Mansion family room. You got a Johnny Cuba in your hand. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco E. Moss. Don't forget, always drink responsibly. And, of course, Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. And joining us here is our pal, radio voice of your Miami Heat. Everybody's favorite little basketball team is Jason Jackson. Jason, good to see you. And this is year number what overall for you? Can I take a guess? Can I take a guess yeah, real quick? Okay. Just for the for the Heat is what you're Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the okay. Heat. Yeah, All right, go I'm going to take a guess. It is year number. I'm going year. This will be year number 19 for you. You only missed it by one. It's year 20. Wow, that's a special yeah. year. Nice round yeah. number, year 20. How about that? No, it's magical, man. I was talking to some uh, youngsters, and that's what happens now. You roll in the street and you hit somebody that's 25. Mm-hmm. 
and their entire cognitive life of being a Heat fan, uh, I get to be connected to. And Eric Reed has that. Um, hell, John Crotty has that. John's only one year behind me in the sense of being in the mix. Uh, Jose Pineda. Uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty astonishing. You know, I came in when everything changed. When Dwayne was in his second year, trade for Shaquille, and there was the decision. They let we should probably put a pregame show on and a postgame show on and have a halftime show. And uh I got in that mix. That wasn't any that was that was a intense, as I recall, I really wanted the job. I didn't have one. So it was really I needed that that vibe. Uh, but at the same time, it was a return. My first job out of college in 94 was at Channel 7, yep. uh, WSVN. And so uh, after 10 winters, it was time to come on back to paradise. And uh, I remember seeing the, the the diesel truck pulling up in front. And, man, I was like, let me try to get this gig. And took three months <laughs> for it all to, you know, go from sending in the resume tape to being named. But uh, it was it was a, it was a good race to win. And everyone knows the story. I mean, I've told the story before where when Jason Jackson got the job back in, you know, that that 0405 season. And and I remembered him because I was like, oh, wait, that's the guy I used to stay up for every night during my teenage years. You know, in the, the, the mid late 90s, my favorite show on ESPN 2, the deuce was the yeah. NBA tonight hosted by Jason Jackson and and I I I had to stay up for at least the beginning number one that's how you got all your NBA highlights back then okay that that's that's easily that's yeah. that's number one I had to get my NBA highlights but I also had to get the start of the show the intro where of course Jason Jackson tells all of us this is the NBA tonight and that was my favorite <laughs> show on television. It was fun, man. Fred Carter, uh, David Aldridge, myself. It was uh, that was just joy, man. That was a magic carpet ride. Like that was fun. Like you had graduate. It's interesting when you get to ESPN back in those days, and you get anointed, and you have a seat among the Sports Center anchors. You're really, really fired up until you do it for a while. And then you're like, this is a heavy load, man. You've uh -huh. got to know every sport at the same level. And it's got a, it's a high level yeah. and it's just, it's a, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot of writing. It's about seven hours that you're working before you go on to do one. And uh, you get the work well before then, and there's meetings and all that other stuff, but uh, you're yearning to find that specialty show. Where, where can I get yep. something? And some people was baseball tonight. Others, it was trying to get in that NFL stream. Uh, but, I I saw an opening. It was another run, man, and uh, and what a, what a great what what a great experience. It really allowed me to grow, you know, as an anchor, uh, as a host, and spread my wings and let, let personality come flying out and uh, learn a lot. Great to this day, uh, Da and I are David Aldridge, the Hall of Fame writer, David Aldridge, uh, still you know super tight and. And what a joy to be around somebody who was in the league as a player and a coach like Fred Carter. So it, those were, those were critical times. That's when I first, it's funny. I, I met Dr. Jack Ramsey, may he rest in peace when I was a sports reporter here beforehand, but I worked with Dr. Jack far more 
uh, when we were both uh, employed by ESPN and ESPN Radio. And uh, so that that relationship proved to be extremely beneficial when I was trying yeah. to get the heat job. Yeah. Uh, obviously, with his eight years uh, of, of tenure along that, Eric. And so um, what, a, what an awesome full circle. I don't know if I've talked to you since the run ended in June. And just g- give me a little bit of the experience and just how much fun it was, man. Like, uh, it was cool for me from a perspective of, you know, the, the stretch that we had four straight NBA finals. And then, of course, back in 2020 as well. I was on those broadcasts, which was mm-hmm. great. But that this past year, I got to experience it with my family. I got to I got to go to games with my boys for the first time in my life. All right. Because they had never they, they weren't alive before I was on the heat broadcast. Mm-hmm. And so I I had an amazing experience getting to enjoy it just as a fan. How much fun was it for you last season? And uh, I just, yeah, I like, I have super fond memories, even though they lost in five, just the same way kind of that I felt in 2020, where I, I have super fond memories about that playoff run. You know, like I don't, I don't look back at losing in 2014 very fondly. That was bitter as hell, but like the loss this year in 2023, and I guess it's because once again we were like a super underdog. Uh, I have really great memories from this run. I really loved it. Yeah, for me, it was first time calling the finals, you know, and so the gravity of that I didn't even consider until you get to the finals and all of NBA entertainment each night's yeah. coming up, putting up, you know, they want uh, they want a scripted open. They want uh, to have the GoPro right there yep. in front of you. And all those unique things that become a, a part of the tapestry, the foreverness uh, of the finals. Um, now, Kaz, who calls games for uh, the, uh, Denver. the Denver Nuggets, yeah. he has the greater joy of that foreverness because of, you know, having that that final call. I don't know if you've seen it, by the way, but it is such a touching call is that right that he made yeah and he's chasing uh is he has a big huge voice super raspy bottom uh and there's this tender moment of him realizing or or saying out loud you know i i can't believe they've won it and then dropping his head you know like just those those things are, are magical but i think i'll always remember the climb you know of like wait we just i mean they went milwaukee quick yeah you know, here we are reliving the late nineties, early two thousands for those of us that were a part of it, uh, with the Knicks. And and so different, different era, different time, but that tapestry still felt like it was there moving through that. And then uh of course the inevitable battle with Boston, which as you know for me goes back to loving Showtime Lakers and that, that just being like them in that place that way in a game seven. Uh, was glorious. The pictures I have, and I made one that I put up in the house, just like the ones behind you. Uh, the smile on my face, standing behind uh, the, the Bob Cousy trophy. By the way, but was it like was it <laughs> was the smile was it joy or was utter. it relief? Joy. Because for was, me, it was a lot of relief. <laughs> I, I understand, but this was the, that was that was almost forty five years of of. Loving beating the Celtics. I just love it. And so the joy of it in that town 
in that place. It's not the old garden I grew up, you know, watching those battles between Lakers and Celtics. But this era is enough that, that there's enough tapestry there over this last half decade for that battle between Miami and, and Boston to be real and, and to go get it and get to the finals. Um, that was, of course, you want to go to the finals and win. But that feeling right there and those memories leading up to then, uh, those special moments along the line, those that's that's the that'll be forever stuff. For me, it was it was relief in that moment because it, it became more important to me mm-hmm. to avoid being the first team first team ever to to lose a 3-0 lead. It was mm-hmm. more important to me to avoid that forever <laughs> ign- ignominy right. than winning the Eastern Conference Championship. It, it became more about the former to me. That. That became more important, was not being that team where we get laughed at forever. So, like, I was super relieved. They there was no sad you forever, Jason. Forever. There's nothing you could have put up in front of. There wasn't this, this human shield of, well, we barely got here. No, it wouldn't. You, ne- you didn't. Once, no. once you started climbing up, you're like, no, this is. They would have laughed at us long. forever. And, I, and, and, and you have no comeback. And on top of right. it, it's the team that you hate the most, or at least I hate the most, that would have done it to us, you know? And there's no coming back from that. Let That's it go, baby. Forever. It never happened. Never happened. It didn't happen. Never what, happened. What a beautiful thing. Yeah, and, and knowing <laughs> the way that it played out, you like the way it played out because sure. you, you got the Celtics fan who thought they were going to do the thing, and then we took it from them on their home floor in a blowout. So knowing the way that it ended – we're good with it, you know, but I was like, I was apoplectic after game six and the Derek White shot. I just, I, yeah. I, I couldn't even handle it. Well, Derek barely did. So I can understand. So I got it. So I, I, I'm having a hard time, or maybe I shouldn't be having a hard time, but I don't like, I don't know if you've seen social media over the last couple of days and it's been ignited, especially because. Bradley Beal sat down and talked about it. And Damian Lillard sat down and talked about it over the last couple of days. And it's like, I feel like a lot of Heat fans are going into this season with, just with the wrong attitude, like a lot of negativity. And I refuse to go into this season feeling that way. There's a lot of things about this team right now that I'm excited about. I'm looking forward to. And I feel the same way as I do going into every season where like, I'm excited that my team is back and, They've been in the finals two of the past four years. And I, I just feel like it's so the wrong attitude going into the season, you know, bemoaning, you know, what the team wasn't able to accomplish in the offseason. It is. I've noticed it in different ways. And I there are times when I inject myself into it and I'm trying to, you know, rub this collective salve and people are like, it's not yet. I don't want it. I want to feel this. Want to feel this disappointment? I don't. That I've never really understood. That that just does that doesn't compute for me. I didn't. I don't operate that way. I don't know if that's growing up in the Midwest or that's just being in this business long enough to know that it's really important to see these things through. And for anyone that's feeling a certain way, uh, that's part of fandom, right? That we all kind of lose our minds over the teams that we love the most, uh, but. Hasn't this particular team proven to you time and time again that there's always something that's coming to tickle your fancy? 
I don't know if it's going to be another unheralded player coming through. I don't know if it's going to be your frontline player being even better than they've been. Something is going to happen that you're going to be able to embrace. And I assume that's why you're a Heat fan to begin with. And so I try not to get too excited. I try not to finger wag. I, I'm just always here when the when the bandwagon gets heavy. It's just like as if they're not going to get to the playoffs and not going to have a chance against anyone they face, you know, like they always do. <laughs> it's going to, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to two things. One, uh, it'll be fun to see when we get there in April. But I have fully wrapped my arms around this in-season tournament in a way that I think most haven't. I, I can't, I can't, yeah. I don't you know, will. sell me on you it, will. man. I can't get into you it. You will. Uh, it's, your boys will love it, by the way, when they're grown. Right. They'll have a full decade of seeing number one, the marketing machine of the NBA is going to beat your face in with the end season tournament. So if you find yourself in November, particularly if the Heat are doing well and they end up in one of those eight teams and they go to the quarterfinals and they're off to Vegas. And now the only games that are played in a a three day period are, are those games you'll start You'll want it, Zaz. You know what I mean? Like, you'll start to it, – it's just the competition that we talk about all the time uh, within the team and also within Heat Nation. There, it's, it's, there's no way that you can't dig it unless your team doesn't take it seriously. I hope so. It's such a funny yeah. thing because, like, we saw it with Inter-Miami and Messi and this League's Cup, and we were so into it, and they won I, the League's Cup. And it's like I had never heard why? of it before, right. and then but, I was but, locked in. But we were into it. Right. And it's like, why can't we feel that way about the end? You know, if the NBA is going to do a tournament like that, I just, I don't know. I I can't work up the energy for it right now, but maybe you're right. Maybe once they get there, you know? Yeah. Let's talk, you know, like mid November after uh, the Hughes started uh, playing a couple of those games, the teams that are in the group are teams that are of concern. You know, there's Milwaukee sitting in there. There's the Knicks in there as well. And if the Heat come out of that space as one of the top eight teams, you're going to want it. You're going to want it then, my man, because it's just, it's spreading us, right? It's something else to compete for. And and you're going to hear Spo talk about it that way because it's a great way to kind of get the engine going earlier in the season in a time where most people will give themselves the excuse that they're still watching the Dolphins or their favorite NFL team. I'll get right back to the conversation here in a second. But if you're in the market for a new car, maybe you can't decide where to go. Hey, That's not a problem. I'm sending you to the only car dealership I personally endorse. Yeah, we're talking North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're going to see the widest inventory of newest Subaru models on the market. Whatever you're looking for. Maybe you're looking for something spacious, an SUV for the family. Maybe you're just looking for a Subaru sedan for your daily commute. Whatever you're looking for, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is sure to have the perfect model for you. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, we're talking the North Fort Lauderdale Subaru promise. That's guaranteed most money for your trip. Three-day exchange policy. You're out the door 90 minutes or less after you say yes. 100% credit approval. Lifetime vehicle warranty. You could shop right now. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. I think a lot of this season, that there's a lot of things that I'm looking forward to, believe it or not, uh, with the team this year, uh, even though there's disappointment among a lot of the fan base. 
one of the things that I, I think that I think one of the major MOs of the team this year needs to be, even if it means taking a back seat toward regular season record and potential playoff seedings, we know just make the playoffs. They could beat anybody. Even if it means taking a little bit of a back seat record wise, I really think a lot of this regular season needs to be about establishing a few of these young guys who could become contributors in the playoffs. You know, you had those secondary guys like Struess and Vincent who had been developed and were major contributors in the postseason. I think you need to make sure that you have some guys who are going to be ready to contribute in the postseason. Even if that means, like I said, sacrificing some regular season wins to have those guys ready, I think is important. Yeah, I don't think you're ever – it's not going to get admitted to you or that it won't be um, a a mantra of, hey, bleep the game, we're getting this stuff done for these guys. That's got to happen simultaneously in its effort, in its energy, right? Uh, but it has to happen. <laughs> the depth is the lifeblood of the team, and so you're going to get that. So if that's a, if that's a, a box you need checked, that's a wish list item for you, uh, I think that's something you're going to see starting on Wednesday night. You're going to see those guys participating. Now, Spo doesn't have to go 10 deep either, right? So some of that development might not be in front of our eyes all the time. That it's the stuff that we don't see. Uh, do we think we're going to see Jimmy Butler come out of the box any other way just because we haven't seen him in five preseason games? There's a, there's not one person that believes mm-hmm. that you're just going to see, you know, five, two, two, and two on stat line because we haven't seen Jimmy Butler playing games that uh, that were more important for the thing you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the t- to get player 11 through 21 really assessed yep. before the final decisions were made. And uh, it was funny. Somebody called me and said, uh, giving opportunity for others to play. Is that an actual designation? Right, right. It is that's now. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, we might have invented something there, uh, but in the preseason, that that's something that was important and needed. And also watching the tread on guys like uh, Love and Lowry, so uh, Butler as well. Um, I, I I'm excited to see the storyline for a Swider, for a Kane, for a, a Smith. And and some others that that are going to get opportunities along the way, um, you know, Orlando Robinson's another guy that I'm just, just going to be an eyeball. on. I just don't know where they're finding the minutes for all these guys. There's, I don't either. There's so don't many either. guys who it's like, all right, I, I, I want Josh Richardson to play. I want right. I want uh, uh, Hawkes to play. I want Jovich to play. I want Jamal Kane to play. There's yeah. not enough minutes for all of these guys. Well, right off the I bat. I want Haywood Highsmith to play. Right right off the bat, you're not getting Highsmith or Richardson. Right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So there's that's the thing that's so important when you think about the totality of your 18, in the case of the Heat, your 17-man roster. Don't play around with your two ways. Don't mess around with your entire roster so that you know that when you start getting down 12, 13, 14, those are guys that can go and actually do something. And while the rest of the world's eyes are going, they did it again. You get to sit back and go, that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Jax, excellent job, man. I appreciate you hanging out with us here. So tomorrow night, Detroit. Uh, you got anything extra you want to throw out there as far as extra coverage for tomorrow night and that whole deal? Uh, standard coverage will be there on Bally Sports Sun at 7 o'clock. Simultaneously, uh, the Heat is on the radio pregame show uh, at 7 as well. It's magical how Amy Alderbert and yours truly are at 7 Eastern on the dot uh-huh. on at the same time. Let the magic of that happen. Am I live on TV or am I live on radio? That's up to other people. Uh, and then the rocks in the air uh, a little after seven thirty, and uh, let's get let's get it started as the reigning Eastern Conference champions. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, I just you know, fans out there who are listening right now, it's so much easier just to be excited about the start of the season than to be annoyed yeah. about guys that they they couldn't bring aboard. I, I really think you gotta you know maybe flip the attitude a little bit. If you're if you're not excited for tomorrow night, you know, amen. It's well, that, it's a healthy approach. Yeah, but again, we are fanatics, and that that isn't always healthy. Great job, Jax. Appreciate it, man. Good catching up with you. Always. Excellent job by Jason Jackson. Good catching up with him as always. I'm, I'm pumped for the start of the season. October, such a good month. You got the Panthers have already started up again. NBA starts tonight. Heat tomorrow. I mean, come on, let's go. I'm very excited. You know what else I'm excited about? I'm excited as always to tell you about one of my favorite sponsors, Sheets and Giggles. If I told you that you can get the best sleep of your life while also getting the sheets at the best price and we're still taking care of the environment, is that something you'd be interested? If these sheets were the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets around, is that something you'd be interested in? What if I also told you that on top of getting the best sleep of your life, with Sheets and Giggles, irresistibly soft eucalyptus sheets. You're sleeping cool and comfortable all night long. And if you use promo code ZAZLO at checkout, you'll get 20% off your first order. Is that something you'd be interested in? Of course you would. Go to SheetsGiggles.com right now. You're going to see it's the annual fall sale is going on right now. And you're going to get the best sleep of your life, just like all of us here in the Zaslow Mansion are. We are four of over 100,000 Americans who are sleeping on Sheets and Giggles. It's the only place to get our bed sheets from now. SheetsGiggles.com. Make sure you use promo code Zaslow at checkout. You'll get 20% off your first order. Support the sponsors that support the show. That's how we keep this thing going round and round. Again, SheetsGiggles.com. Promo code Zaslow. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. We start things out here today with, all right, the Texas Rangers last night. An 11-4 road win at the Houston Astros clinches the American League pennant. The road team won all seven games. Here's the final call. Grounder to second. Two years removed from losing a That's a big deal. Glad the Astros lost, obviously. Adolis Garcia, predictably, was the MVP. He was amazing. He mashed two more home runs last night. You love seeing the Astros lose. Mattress Mac lost millions of dollars. I mean, fuck the Astros. That's a big deal. Rangers, they're going to meet the winner of tonight's National League Championship Series. Game 7, Diamondbacks Phillies. That is at 8.07 tonight on TBS. Big deal or not a big deal? So yesterday, Colin Coward. Now we know, look, Colin Coward is one of the all-time great talk show hosts. He's a very big deal. One of the most talented there ever was. But 
if you want to talk about a massive drop-off in quality on that show from when Joy Taylor left to little buddy Jason McIntyre, who took her place, he is horrendous, unwatchable, and here he is when he's, he's doing the headlines here, and somehow he thinks that Tyrod Taylor is some new young quarterback. Final story, New York Giants. Uh, you nailed this one. Tyrod Taylor. What a performance from uh, the young quarterback. Maybe there's a controversy at quarterback in New York. Hey, little buddy, Tyrod Taylor has been in the NFL for 13 years. He's 34 years old. He's won a Super Bowl. He was a backup for Joe Flacco, what was it, like 10, 11 years ago, whatever it was. A young quarterback, He McIntyre is horrendous. The show's unwatchable. Big deal or not, it's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So last night during Monday Night Football, late in the first half, the Vikings have a, a goal-to-go situation, and the camera catches Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell yelling to TJ Hawkinson to fake an injury. Joe Buck was all over it. Screen pass. Uh, there goes TJ Hawkinson. This isn't good for the Vikings. Well, I'll say this. We just caught Kevin O'Connell on camera saying, TJ, go down. Buy him some time. That was an outstanding job set up on that last play because when you run a screen, you've got to time it up with these with these blockers up front, the offensive line, and they timed it up perfectly on that play. Well, what a play it was. There's O'Connell telling Hawkinson to go down. He is down now, and we'll take a break. That's a big deal. I would imagine the NFL is going to investigate. You can't be out there faking injuries, all right? And and after they came back from the commercial break, I don't know if someone got in Joe Buck's ear or not, but he, he tried to walk it back because, yeah, straight up pointing out that the head coach of the Vikings is yelling to TJ Hawkinson to fake an injury so they can get a timeout there in a goal-to-go situation. That's a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, Kenyon Martin, former NBA player, he was on uh, Gil's Arena. I think that's what it's called, Gilbert Arenas' podcast. Very popular podcast. And Kenyon Martin here is trying to tell you that Luka Doncic is not the best player on the Dallas Mavericks. Is Luka the best player on this team? Is he? Production-wise, I didn't ask you that. I know I've said, but in the MVP, he's the fourth best player in the NBA compared to the bullshit list from the other day. <laughs> he in the MVP conversation, and in my opinion, I don't think he's the best player on his basketball team. But that's for another, never mind, move on. Just sip my tea. <laughs> oh, this is. Here we go. So, who's the best player on the Mavs if Luke is not? Hey, I, I mean, I know one. I, I know one. I put it like this. You know, when people be talking about one on one, I know if you ask Dinwiddie who's the best one on one player there, I guarantee it won't be uh, who they think it is. Won't be Luca. You know what I'm saying? Guarantee you line them up, let them play ones. Oh, he couldn't be. Dinwiddie say, oh, he got mopped every time. Yeah, every time, dog. And you line them up against Kyrie. It'll be, a, listen. He might don't touch the ball. <laughs> if you give Kyrie the ball first, he might Luca might won't touch the ball. 
Hey. <laughs> Luca can't guard this goddamn um, camera stand. <laughs> hey, no, no, but that's what's up. <laughs> When, but when they say, were, were y'all ringed in with him? Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, you know he what I'm saying? Him. And that's I mean, all I'm saying. That's but the value. That's that value. Is Luca good? Absolutely. Good for his team. Different. Yeah, see, I'm not. See, and that's the thing with real basketball people. Mm-hmm. Num- like, if your numbers don't equate to something, mm-hmm. they just numbers. And I look at you, who you are, and what you're doing, and your. It's, I look at Kyrie like, shit. Yep. Yeah, give me a lap. Yep. <laughs> give me number lap. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going not a big deal because not a single person who hears this takes any of it seriously. Like, there's a lot to digest in that clip. Number one, one of the things I hate about these shows, the NBA player shows, nobody disagrees with anything. Nobody pushes back on ridiculous statements. Like, Everyone in that room, everyone in that room clearly agree, must agree with Kenya Martin's assessment that Kyrie Irving is better than Luka Doncic. Nobody thinks Luka's better. Nobody ever pushes back. And not only that, so you want to talk about people who understand the NBA know that Kyrie Irving's better than Luka? First of all, if you asked every single general manager in the NBA, who they would rather have to start their team. Every single general manager takes Luka Doncic. Every single basketball person takes Luka Doncic. And if those guys, Kenya Martin included, are such basketball guys, how does being able to win one-on-one mean that you're a better player? So a, a guy who knows basketball, as he claims, thinks that the secret to success in the NBA is if you could win one-on-one? What kind of stupid shit is that? And by the way, the Dallas Mavericks have been to the Western Conference Finals with Luka as their leading man. When Kyrie Irving is your leading man, your team sucks. Like, what are those guys talking about? Not a big deal. It's such stupid shit. And that right there is another addition. A big deal or not a big deal? All right. Excellent job. Thanks, everybody. I'll put together a great show today. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks to everyone for listening. I appreciate you guys. You know, we're coming up on one year next week, a week from today, actually. We're coming up on one year of Zaslow Show 2.0. How about that? So tonight, huge sports night. National League Championship Series Game 7. NBA gets going. Nuggets and Lakers. Panthers. Panthers and Sharks. Weird start time, 745, because the NHL is doing their their their... Uh, Frozen Frenzy, their whip-around coverage, where every game, games, all teams are in action tonight, and every game is staggered. The games start at 6, 6, 6.15, 6.30, 6.45, and John Butchergross is hosting this Frozen Frenzy where they're going to go to every game. You're going to be able to catch the end of every game. And so the Panthers, yeah, weird start time. They're hosting San Jose at 7.45. We got that tonight. It's all happening. Thanks again to everybody who helped put together a great show. I can never do it without all your help. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Go with that. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. 
I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, and right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.